so I, I cannot fathom a worse Green Bay Packers team than what we're dealing with right now. Like I told you right before we started recording, like I don't, I could spend two hours breaking down the systemic failures and then ineptitudes of the Green Bay Packers. Like I'm ready to say right now that they are a bottom 10 team in football. Ooh, bottom I love 10. Be- I know you do. I know you do. I know you do because your fandom is so pathetic that you depend upon the misfortune of another team for your happiness. Hey, I like it. I, I, I'm, okay. It's I, fair just enough. To, I just want you to feel our pain just for like a season. I want you to feel what it's get, like. Okay. I guess for us though, it's different because like. You don't expect this. Right. And you guys aren't supposed to be good. Like right. for the last, okay, 2018 was a surprise. Yeah. Like nobody thought that the Bears were going to be as good as they were. I mean, rookie Mitchell Trubisky, like nobody thought that. Right. And then like you go back, it had probably been since like 2010 where like the expectations for the Bears were like, yeah, it's Super Bowl with right. this team that we have. Like for the Packers, it's different because like – you have a top – I think in any conversation you have a top five quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers, regular season quarterback of all time, statistically speaking, in Aaron Rodgers, and it's just not there. So, anyways, welcome, a wholehearted welcome to week six well, – week seven of LR Weekly. It's a week six review that we, go on, yeah, we got going on here. Um, and. and I'm going to warn the listeners now. The rivalry roundtable will be the majority of this episode because I think both of our football teams have glaring, disturbing weaknesses right now. Yeah. And so so we're we're, going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, But probably what I would consider maybe the besides the Packers, the most disturbing performance of the week Came from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And it like, I mean, yeah, 14 points scored in that game for San Francisco, and only and all of their points were scored in the second quarter. Um, yeah. And I said that I like the 49ers now with Jimmy G. Um, that was a very disturbing loss in Atlanta against a very subpar Atlanta Falcon football team, but you know, we have to give credit to Marcus Mariota. He really played well, three touchdowns. Um, he was spreading the ball around. He, You know, he's a dual-threat quarterback, and, you know, you won the game. You beat the 49ers. 49ers have some really bad losses this season. Yeah, the Bears' loss, I think, is glaring. And then, obviously, this one's going to be glaring. And the, the thing is, you look, what the story of this football game is going to be the turnovers. I mean, Jimmy G with the two picks – you have the fumble lost. Like, th- this was, like, just not good No, not for the 49ers. And this has to be worrisome for them. Their division is very, very winnable. Oh, but yeah. you look at the 49ers' next three, that now all of a sudden you don't get a turnaround. You got to play Kansas City. And then you're at L.A. Like, those now, 
with a very pedestrian looking offense there, the 49ers could very easily be looking at three and five after these next two weeks. Yeah, there's no doubt their offense needs to get going. I mean, Jimmy G still threw for 296 yards. But again, it's about protecting the football, giving your team a chance to win. Uh, the 49ers did not do that, and they deserve to lose that football game. Well, and, and I think if you look at that, you know, the difference, like you look at Mariota's stats, 13 of 14, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Where's the difference? It's in the picks. Like if you're going to give me the choice between 130 yards passing, couple that with 50 yards on the ground, a rushing touchdown, two passing touchdowns, and no picks, I, okay, like you will take that from Marcus Mariota every single day of the week. You will take that from him. The other aspect of this is this 49ers defense, man. Like Atlanta rushed for 170 yards. Like you don't think about that when you look at this San Francisco defense. Now, <coughs> we've always talked about how cross-country road trips are hard. That game kicked off at 10 o'clock body time for San Francisco. That's tough. But I don't, no matter which way you slice it, the early kickoff window for West Coast teams are horrible to play. Yeah, there's no doubt. But it's just, it's not a good showing from the 49ers. Um, a good showing for the New York Giants. The G-Men. Like, I mean, that was, a, I, again, their last two games are absolute statement wins. Because are, you took down. The, yeah, and are the Giants the real deal? I mean, it's hard to say no at this point. But, again, I almost look at this, okay, so – they have wins over the Titans, the Panthers, the Bears, the Packers, and the Ravens. They lost to Dallas. That's still pretty glaring to me. However, you look at their schedule. Jacksonville should be a win. Seattle should be a win. Houston should be a win. Detroit should be a win. Then you get a rematch with Dallas. So, I mean, you're looking at that, which I believe that's a Thanksgiving matchup. We get Giants-Cowboys and that 3.30 window on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah that's sign me up. Okay, okay, done. Like, sorry, like whatever family dinner better be done by 3.30 because I'm just right. not social at that point. Like, that's just going to be me sitting on the couch, probably a second plateful of apple pie or you know, whatever, and yeah. like you're just so I mean you could be looking at a nine and one Giants team going into that game. I mean, how can you say they're not real? Their schedule is favorable, right? And I think that plays to their advantage for the most part. Anyway, is that they just have a very favorable schedule. I mean, and then in their last six games, they get the Commanders twice. Yep, and the but, Eagles twice. Yeah, so like. There you go. Your division, right your, there. Your division is going to be decided there. But again, Jacksonville's a win. Seattle's a win. Houston's a win. Detroit's a win. So you're going into Thanksgiving with one, two, three, four. You still have five division games left after that. 
Yeah, that game yeah. against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving is going to be huge. That's going to set the tone because if you're Brian Dayball and you're the New York Giants, whether you people want to admit it or not, the Eagles are good. We'll get there. But that division has been dominated by the Cowboys for the last five plus years. It's just, it's been the Cowboys division. Yeah. So and this, and this, you was, have to beat them. Yeah. And this was a subpar division for the last 10 years. There was no quality team coming out of this division. The NFC East was like the NFC least. And now all of a sudden, they, the NFC beast. This is a stacked division. Once you get Dak back in Dallas, this all of a sudden turns into quite a race for the championship in the NFC East. Yeah, and the crazy thing you look about it, so ESPN uh, released their power rankings early this morning, um, currently for the NFL. Eagles number two, Giants number five, Cowboys number six. Yeah. So, so like you look at that, three out of the top six now come from – the same division come from the same division. Yeah. Now let's flip this a little bit. Talk about the Cowboys. I feel like there's a natural progression here. So staying in the division, I think like last week we were talking about how, Oh, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You have to have Dak when it comes back because he's that, um, that Cowboys offense is broken now. Yeah. And that was the question we all had like, Hey, Okay, Cooper Rush has been doing this against some lesser teams. What happens on the road? That Philly crowd was unbelievable Sunday yes. night. That was a fantastic atmosphere. And I, for three quarters of that, the Eagles dominated that football game. Yep, exactly. And this is a, an Eagle team now that is so dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. And the most glaring problem with the Philadelphia Eagles defense last year has been corrected. That secondary is flying around, making plays, breaking up passes, making it difficult on the quarterback. There's no separation on the receivers. The Philadelphia Eagles are balanced on both sides of the football. They're the most dangerous team in the NFL right now outside in the NFC. And quite possibly right now, I might take Philly over any team in the NFL. I would say, like, easily, you have Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Though They have kind of separated themselves, right. themselves as a tier above. And I would say right now, you throw the Giants in there. I get that the Vikings are 5-1 and one right now, but I, I don't – I still, I mean, I hate the Vikings, so I'm biased on that one. But you, you have the Eagles, the Bills – the Chiefs, you you give me those three teams, I'll give you the field on who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Pending everything stays healthy. And, again, you look at Jalen Hurts. The thing that Jalen Hurts is not doing, he's not blowing you away with his stats. 15 to 25, 155 yards will not blow you away. Nine carries for 27 yards is not going to blow you away. But, Christian, what is he not doing? Turning the ball over. He's not turning the ball over. And when you're winning the turnover battle, you're going to win football games in the NFL. And their defense is creating extra possessions. And it's a balanced offense, 155 yards through the air, 136 yards on the ground. Again, 
a lot of that is because they had short fields for the entire first half. Right. I mean, that first quarter, Cooper Rush looked about as lost as I've ever seen a quarterback look, um, which is very opposite of what we had, you know, the previous three weeks where Cooper, I, he looked like an NFL quarterback. I think now no more quarterback controversy. Yeah. They need cool. Dak and they need Dak now. Um, boy, uh, the Bucks. Oh, we got trouble, my friend. That did you get the clip of Tom Brady screaming at his yes, offense? Yes, I did. And I just, if I was that offensive line, I'd tell him to go kick rocks. This is a guy that doesn't practice on Wednesdays, takes the day off on Wednesdays, then wasn't at practice on Friday for a surprise wedding for his former owner of the New England Patriots and goes to the wedding and Robert Kraft's marrying a 40-year-old girl. That's a different story for a different podcast. But um, Brady goes to that, goes to Tampa, gets on a plane, goes to Pittsburgh and plays like dog water. That game, he could not – he just looked out of sorts. I just – I'm telling you, Josh, we are finally seeing the decline of Tom Brady. Yeah, it's it's another one of those things where you sit here and I'm wondering if Tom Brady has a little Brett Favre in him when he doesn't know when to quit. Like – the mind is still there. The mind still wants to compete. The whole right. man in the arena, the ESPN plus this, the like he wants, he is a personality. He he really is almost a cult of personality, but the personality is himself. Right. And you look at this, he like he should have stayed retired. Period. Like, I don't think you would find anyone who says that as of right now, a third of the way into the year, Tom Brady coming back was the right decision for anyone involved. No, and I I think Tampa is in trouble. And now all of a sudden, Josh, you look at that division and you think, hold up, wait a minute, could someone other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this division because breaking news, the Atlanta Falcons are tied for first place in this division. Yeah, now, and I, I would say the only thing the Bucs have going for them is a relatively easy schedule. Yeah, and an easy division. Like, how the Bucs get this schedule is truly beyond me. Yeah. Carolina win. Baltimore will be tough, but they get Baltimore, L.A., and Seattle all at home. Right. And, like, I – but, like you said, they're in a very weak division, but they're in a division where three out of the four teams are all within a game of each other. Right. And you look, this Tom Brady-led offense is only averaging 20 points a game. And, the, again, something that we never thought – we would have said. So I I don't know, man. Like, I agree with you. Like, we could be seeing the end of Tom Brady. And here's the thing. This is as much on the Bucks front office as it is on Brady. Yeah. 
Because they very, very easily could have just said, hey, man, we're done. Yeah. Like, it, it's time. Yeah. You know, just gone full Rafiki on them. It is time. It is time. And they didn't. And I think you're, you're seeing that with Aaron Rodgers. You're seeing that with Tom Brady. That when organizations let these guys dictate so much, and granted, it nearly impossible to tell the greatest quarterback of all time and a top five quarterback of all time, like, hey, thanks for your service, but we're going to move in a different direction. Yeah. But, but now, I, how much is tied like, up now? Yeah. And this is like you're seeing these seasons of these quarterbacks, and you now you're like, okay, maybe now as an organization we have to say, listen, we could keep you. However, it's in the best interest of our organization to move forward with a young quarterback and try to develop him and start fresh because we can't do this forever. And I get that Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I get that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. However, if you're looking for the longevity of your of your franchise and you know, I think there's also thinking about well if we keep these guys, it's going to put butts in the seats. There's just no doubt about it. People are going to come and pay and watch Tom Brady play possibly for the last time, Aaron Rodgers possibly play for the last time. Um, but Tampa Bay is in trouble ever since this whole thing about Brady and his divorce. It's just ugly for him. I don't think now, especially if he does end up getting a divorce, I don't think that he's going to want to retire after this kind of a season. You might possibly see Josh Tom Brady get traded, go back to New England and finish his career in New England for like one more season. Um, And I think if you look at the NFC as a whole, if, if I were to give you at the beginning of the year, I mean, we could go back and look. Tampa Bay, L.A., and the Packers. Yeah, those are three playoff teams that now don't look too hot. They're 500. Yeah. And none of them seemingly have any answers anytime soon. Right. Because you look at it, I don't see the Giants regressing. I don't see the – Vikings regressing, and I don't see the Eagles regressing. And if you look at points four, Tampa Bay is bottom half of the NFC in points scored. The Packers are the fifth worst offense in the NFC when it comes to points scored. Both teams, the Packers have a negative 16-point differential. I mean, like – there are substantial struggles with these Hall of Fame quarterbacks yep. that people have. I'll tell you who doesn't have a problem with their quarterback, and it's the Buffalo Bills. Because nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to propose a question to you. And again, so like, again, for those of you listening, we normally have show notes for all of this. I've been so flustered for the last like 72 hours by the lack of common football awareness from the Green Bay Packers that like the show notes that I contributed where the Packers are a bottom 10 team in football. Um, So off the cuff, yes or no, is Josh Allen the best quarterback in football right now? Yes. No, not even hesitating. I don't think it's close right now, is it? No, he 
the the hurdle that he had over the defender to get the first down. Um, the throw Abe Davis down the sideline. Um, just what he does in the pocket, being able to move up when he feels pressure and to get out into open space and create first downs, create those scramble passes to, you know, Diggs and Davis and Knox. And to me right now, there's no better quarterback in the NFL that who's playing right now than Josh Allen. He is, he is the perfect hybrid quarterback. Yes. He can run, he can throw. And the thing that I love about him is that he can give as much punishment as he gets. Like you very rarely see this guy sliding. Right. Now, should he probably slide a little bit more? Okay. Yeah. Like, Hey, let's protect your hall of fame career that you seemingly are on a trajectory for. But like when he's running out of bounds, like he lowers the shoulder into defenders. Yeah. And he can run, but he's also a top three or four passing quarterback in the league. Yeah. Uh, side note. Side note. Can I get a side note here, Josh? Yes. Uh, Kyle Schwarber just hit a 488 foot bomb that had an exit velo of 120 miles an hour off of you, Darvish. Well, the fight in Phils. Like, I mean, well, what's the score on that right now? Uh, two nothing. Two nothing Phillies. Yep. So, like, okay, so Phillies just sports town. Capital yeah. of America. America is just absolutely in a bad place if that's the case. Um, but with Josh Allen, I mean, the thing is, is like, okay, and if I'm going to look number two, it's the other quarterback who is in that game. Yeah. I mean, that that matchup, man, like there's just something about it that is beautiful. I will be severely disappointed if we don't get Chiefs Bills AFC Championship this year. And I understand, like, they're the best two teams in the AFC. It's not really close for me because no one in the AFC East is really enticing me that much. I mean, you have the Bengals at three and three, you have Jacksonville. Currently, technic or you have the Titans at three and two. I, uh, like I, I don't know. You, you have. There's no one else that I want to see. You have the Chargers at a sneaky four and two. But yeah. I don't think anyone is going to sit here and be like, "Oh, goal charges goal." Or like, they're four yeah. and two because of the schedule they've played. Yeah, and I think, though, the Chargers are hurting right now without Keenan Allen on that offensive side of the ball as well as no Bosa on the defensive side of the ball. Without those two guys, that hurts that football team. Um, But I agree with you 100%. Bills and Chiefs are the two best teams in that conference. Um, If it's not Bills-Chiefs AFC championship game, I will be very upset because – that is the most entertaining game. It's just whoever has the ball last wins besides this weekend where we actually saw a defensive. I mean, the defenses in that game played very well, a lot better than a lot of people had projected. Um, I just think the Bills are a better rounded team with that defense. Um, I, I just think that right now, if you had to tell me who's playing in the Super Bowl – 
in the AFC, I'm going with the Bills. There's a real possibility we could get Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. Sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, just right now. And I think, like, you kind of touched on it. Like, the defense has played well, too. Like, it was so refreshing to watch an actual football game. Like, it was a great all-around football game. The offense has played well. The defense has played well. Man, I'll even go so much to say, and you'll be, oh, you're such a fan girl for this game. Yeah, I was. I thought it was very well officiated. I mean, it was legitimately everything that's right with the NFL right now was on display with that Bills-Chiefs game. So, like, I could watch 18 of those football right. like 100%. And if you just want to fast forward to the middle of January and give me that right now, yep. I like and apologies to Cindy's Titans and anybody up, which hold up. How like this Chiefs team is the same team that almost lost to the Colts. Yep. That did lose to the Colts. That did that almost lose. lost to the Raiders. And so, like you're just sitting here and you're like, okay. But then they go toe-to-toe like this with the Bills and just, again, I have a hard time seeing how anyone else in the AFC competes with these two teams come January. Yep, no doubt. And with that, I think we both need a little therapy after our football team's performances last week. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, and – we, we've both been so busy. We haven't really gotten a chance to talk, which, by the way, this is on Zoom, but the fresh cut looks dynamite. Thank you. you I mean, you look amazing. Appreciate you have it. that Disney glow about you. Yeah, I got the, I'm rocking the Mickey You're shirt. rocking the mouse shirt. You're going to the House of Mouse. Yep. Uh, Animal Kingdom, my guy, is only like 36 hours away. Yeah, we get off a plane, drop our bags off at the hotel, and head right to Animal Kingdom. We're going to be riding some rides. Like, that's got to be just an amazing feeling for you. Yeah, I'm just excited to get to, like, during seasons, like when Christmas volleyball, I'm in baseball. We really don't get a lot of time and it just, it's our place, man. It's just, we have a lot of fun. it's it's fantastic and like he said we're in zoom and i have parent teacher conferences this week too so trying to get for a vac- get ready for a vacation and do parent teacher conferences talk about a, a crazy week well and like talk about just two really opposite ends of the spectrum right and i mean you know we all got to check in on the kids with the parent but like having that light at the end of the tunnel be in the shape of a mouse like that's really really gotta help so a couple of rules like you have to have an elephant or a funnel cake for me okay you have to eat a funnel cake and you have to eat a dole whip Okay, I'm going to tell you two things that I've never had in Disney. A funnel cake or a Dole Whip. You've never had a Dole Whip? No, I'm not a big pineapple. Now, okay. That's true. Why? I had, the, they had like an orange creamsicle Dole Whip. Ooh, okay. It was pretty, it was okay. pretty good. But it is the uh, food and wine festival at Epcot, and they got a lot of different foods. Like, you can like go around. Well, and- like around the world, too. Right. 
Which, and, okay, but here's the problem. Like, you order chicken tenders 90% of the time. And I'm going to tell you, Josh, there's things we've already started them. There's some good sounding food. And we're, and it, the thing about it is it's affordable. Like, it's only like six bucks for like, like a like a plate of it and we can share it and then try other things and okay so i am going to need a full breakdown on the next podcast okay of the epcot food fest i'm going to need a christian's top five okay because i'm going to have to live vicariously now here's what i will say the forecast up here for this weekend 70s and sunny all weekend yeah, of course, right? So, like, I already have a 9, 10 tea time on Friday morning <laughs> at Sandy Pines because, you know, we're on fall break. Right. Have a football game Friday night. But, again, when it's 55 and the sun's setting and you're in a hoodie, that, that's good football weather. Much yeah. better than this last Friday when it's 38 and horizontally raining. Right. So, um, anyways, we need some therapy. You're getting a lot of it in, like, two days. Yeah. Um, where I just get to, and I've told you like the text, like this is worst case scenario for me for football. The Packers are terrible. They're horrible. And then for college football, which we're going to dive into just a little bit here, I open up TikTok, I like anything. And all I'm flooded with Tennessee, this like if i hear rocky top one more time i'm going to hit rocky bottom time out though if that if you weren't just a little bit happy that alabama lost no roll tide you're insane i want tennessee whenever tennessee plays that any sport that tennessee plays I don't care. Tennessee could be taking on North Korea, and I'm borderline rooting for North Korea. Like, <laughs> I hate Tennessee. The amount of money that I would give to guarantee a Kentucky win over Tennessee on the 29th, like, it is unhealthy how much I would give for Will Levis and the boys to go into Neyland Stadium, to go on the water there in East Tennessee, and somehow come away with a win in two weeks. Buddy, like, I wouldn't care if the Packers lost every game for the rest of the year. Like, if Kentucky could beat Tennessee, I hate them. They low down. They dirty. They some snitches. Like, if you've never seen that dude's rant about Tennessee, it's fantastic. I hate Tennessee, and that's all I've seen for the last, like, 72 hours. Hey, remember all the – crap you give me about like how i root against the packers this kind of sounds a little similar except except for here's here's the thing there is no thing it's the exact same thing okay you're right okay you're right it's fine i hate tennessee i can't stand them every single thing that they do i hope they lose yeah and i would and and like the amount of people right now who are like ha christian got them it's like it's unhealthy because i know like my dad who's listening, 42 who's listening, they're all going to be like, ha, Lemke got you on your Tennessee hate. Yeah, I hate Tennessee. I hate everything about Tennessee. I hate that stupid orange, like it was said in the blind side, that gaudy orange, okay? Sandra Bullock hates Tennessee. I hate Tennessee, okay? Like, they, ugh, I could not stand it. Okay, so I, I was – Unfortunate for you, but I was happy that Tennessee beat Alabama because I was just tired of Alabama winning everything all the time. Right, but here you go. You're going to have at least three SEC teams in the playoff now. Have fun oh, with that yeah. one. 
Yeah, there's that's, no doubt. Like, that, that's just the reality now. Yeah. Because uh, if Tennessee's only losses like to Georgia and then Alabama beats Georgia in the playoff, like Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee are all going to get in the playoff. And then everyone's going to be like, SEC bias. Sorry, they're just better than you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. So to add on to the TikTok frenzy about things that you've seen on TikTok about Tennessee, one of the greatest things that I saw this weekend on TikTok was Sauce Gardner rocking the cheese head in Lambo because he called game, baby. Yep. Fantastic stuff from Sauce Gardner. The man's got his own beat-up sauce. The man owns cheese now. The dub, baby. That's what I got to say. Hit it, Josh. Hit the ground running. Let's go. Green Bay, what's wrong? Everything. Literally everything. Like, not a single thing is working. The best way that I can sum it up is, I believe it was The Athletic. And somebody said, they have no dudes on offense, but a great scheme. And on defense, they have a whole bunch of dudes and no scheme. Like everything is off right now because on paper, that defense is is one of the best in football. Yeah. Period. Now there's lots of contributing factors to the defensive struggles. Number one being the offense can't stay on the field. Right. And so you're forcing these defensive guys to play way more than they've ever had to. Number two they're not really like this defense hasn't <laughs> gelled yet. Will they ever? Possibly. Maybe. But you look at so like this Packers stats from last week. Packers offense, you know, 31 minutes time of possession, fine, but offensively only 278 yards. Right. Four of 16 on third down. Yeah. It's just, it's an all systems fit. Special teams still can't punt. Right. Like, yeah, we couldn't punt against the 49ers last year in the playoffs. We can't punt against the Jets. Like, there's just, this team is absolutely nowhere. And what's really starting to frustrate me is this quarterback that we have. Okay. Like, you can go back and listen to our podcast last year. And I kept telling you, Rogers is coming back. He's coming. Like, he's just, he's coming back. Yeah, you did. And the thing is, is like, it really doesn't seem like he cares at all. Yeah. Like, old Aaron Rodgers, when you're four of 16 on third down, is visibly frustrated on the sidelines. Yeah, no doubt. I, there's none of that. There's, ah, uh, you know, we can't really overreact to anything. And I don't know if that's the ayahuasca talking or if he just actually doesn't care. But, like, the dude's playing like he's on a trip every single time. He's missing wide receivers by six, seven yards. Like, it's not like, oh, well, their timing's just off here. No, everything's off. There were throws that he was trying to make this weekend that I'm sitting there watching on the TV, and I'm like, does he know where he's actually throwing the ball to? 
I one of the things that I never understand, like I get you have Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Third and one. I don't understand why they try to hit a guy 40 yards down the field. Like unless AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones only having 10 carries each is absolutely unacceptable. That should have been first half minimum for right. those guys. Like you look at the, this was a three, three game at halftime. You are in the football game. Yep. And like the thing that really blows my mind is which touchdown was this I'm trying to figure out which touchdown it was. Um, but when they run like the 32 yard, essentially it's just like a jet sweep was all that they ran. And wow. they just lined up. It was like an old wing T play that you used to run in middle school where just everyone goes one way and they just run and it didn't touch the guy. Right. And it wasn't, they weren't even competitive in that second half. Yeah. I, and the thing that, and I said a lock of the week was green Bay minus seven. I, I just thought this was a game. You and go- here's the thing. You tried to tell me, oh, well, look, you're just trying to find your way out. And I told you, I said, this Packers team is nowhere. Maybe, it's- Josh, maybe I, I'm taking the opposite approach to you. Maybe. Now, I don't know. You're just I- rolling every week, picking the Packers, picking yeah. them as your lock. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It and, works. And it's to the point now, man, where like, I can't pick out a positive from this game. Like, I I can't sit here and be like, oh, well, this side of the ball played well because the defense cannot allow 24 points to the Jets. Granted, the defense only allowed 17, but you you can't allow 17 points to the Jets. I'm waiting for Rodgers to come on and go, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Which I think the difference between that year and this year has to be the schedule that they have to run. Because your next couple of games, all right, well, hey, the Commanders isn't a guaranteed win. Like, it's just not. If you play the same way against the Commanders that you played against the Jets, the Commanders are going to beat you. Yeah, breaking news, you do not get to play against Carson Wentz. We got Taylor Heineke. Correct. So then you have to go to Buffalo. You're going to get beat there. If you can't score points against the Lions, the whole season is over, period. So you have to win two out of your next three, period. And that's easier said than done. Then you got to play Dallas. With Dak, probably. Then you got to play the Titans. Then you have to go on the road to the Eagles. That's a loss. That is a loss. There's no way you win. That is a loss. You got to go on the road to Soldier Field. Granted, Aaron Rodgers owns real estate on Lakeshore Drive. He does. But right now, you hold my feet to the fire. The Chicago Bears are winning that football game. Then they got to play the Rams. Loss. They have to go to Miami on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Florida in December. Correct. Then you got to play the Vikings again. Oh, man, there's a real situation here, Josh, where the Packers finish under 500. And that's the difference. Like, there's – there's, 
they will have to have a turnaround of monumental proportions to even sniff the playoffs. And it's the same situation that the Packers are under, that the Buccaneers are under with Tom Brady. They've been held hostage by this quarterback who they've allowed to get away with legitimately almost running this franchise into the ground. They bought into this cult of Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? You haven't done your job building an actual franchise. You've built a quarterback, and now this is the situation we're in. They are nowhere. This team has no positives on it right now except for our punter. Uh, he got a pump blocks. He's struggling too. But that's also on the line. Yeah. Too. Like you know, they they just decided we're not gonna block anybody. But I'm just gonna tell you one of the most enraging things about Pat O'Donnell's punts. There's no urgency in his putt. He takes forever to punt the football. Correct. He He's also a- has a 63 yard punt. He's gotta get the ball off. So I don't know, man, like they're nowhere. They are absolutely nowhere. And if you were to ask me, hey, where do the Packers fall in the NFL? I'm going to say that they are a bottom third football team right now. Yeah, kind of like mine. Yeah, okay. But see, I still feel like there's a difference because yours aren't supposed to be good. Right. And I, okay, is it, are, are we good on the Packers? They're in trouble. Rogers. I hate them. Like, I have put way too much into this organization in the last year. Like, and thankfully, last year's NFC divisional round kind of like it, it really took a lot out of my Packer fandom. Mm-hmm. And so, thankfully, I've kind of moved to a more logical thinking Packer fan. Like, you never would have heard this coming out of my mouth like three or four years ago. It would have been, no, Aaron's going to figure it out. There's still a Super Bowl kid. No, he's, he's just not. Like, they're nowhere. This team is abs- like, they got it. The Bears, at least, I can see a world that they have a positive future. Yeah, and I, I'm so sick and tired of people hating on Justin Fields, especially after the performance he had on Thursday night. Does Do these idiot – analysts see that the guy's running for his life every, every single single day. and it's so not fine. it's not just running for his life it's like he doesn't because i feel like sometimes okay with guys like patrick mahomes who him and justin fields are very similar in their play style um where okay patrick holds on to the ball because he can make plays with his legs if he has to right Justin doesn't even have the ability to, like, with the time that he had, he has time to get the snap, look at one guy, and then panic. Yep. And that's, and to me, that's the problem is that everyone's like, oh, he's only looking for one guy and then he's just tucking and running. Well, that's because if he looks for a second progression, he's on his back. Um, it, it's just a struggle. And I think right now you can see he's got the yips. Because he got hit a ton Thursday night. That guy some of those at the end of the half where I legit so weird story. We had our volleyball sectional up in Highland, and I was sitting by a couple of our soccer players. They had the game pulled up on their phone. And so I was watching the game and I'm like, he's not if that's how that offensive line is gonna protect him, he's not gonna make it through the regular season. 
No, he won't. And that's a huge problem because you need this guy on the field just to get him ready, just to see some sort of development. And with the offensive line and the weapons he has, it's it's fields, it's Mooney sometimes, it's the running backs, and it's Roquan Smith on the defensive side. The defense is fine. Defense is playing good. Um, but if we could get some weapons on the outside and an offensive line, this is a totally different situation. Um, again, this is not a team that's going to the Super Bowl. This is not a team that's going to the playoffs. It's a team that just needs to find some bright spots. I Justin Fields is your quarterback of the future. He is. You have your quarterback. Now it's about developing the players around him, seeing who is for real and who you need to replace because next offseason is a huge offseason for the Bears. They have the most cap space of any NFL team. They have, they're probably going to have a top five pick. You're going to have a first round pick for the first time in a long time. And now all of a sudden you stockpile picks. You have an opportunity to sign a good wide receiver, some good offensive linemen, a pass rusher on the defensive side of the ball. Next thing you know, the bears are going to be good again and they're going to be good for a long time. And, yeah, they're going to lose games like this. This is part of it. We just have to accept it as Bears fans. In the process of this development, this is what's going to happen because the Bears are not going to overspend right now because they're not in a position. They're not one or two guys away, people. People are like, oh, we need to trade for DJ Moore. Oh, we need to sign Odell Beckham Jr. We're not going to become Super Bowl contenders. Why would they want to come to Chicago right now? You have – you have to get an offensive line. You have to get a defense, a defensive pass rusher. You have to get a, a couple wide receivers. And for the love of God, you have to protect Justin Fields. We have to start schematically putting Justin Fields in better positions. I don't care what Luke Getze's offense was like in Green Bay. I don't care. You have Justin Fields, who is a lot more athletic than Aaron Rodgers, and it's time to start using him like it so that your offense can succeed. You could be put in better positions to win football games. And to be honest with you, Josh, right now, this Monday night game against the Patriots, the, the is going to be ugly. It's not going to be good. Well, you're looking – and I think the biggest part for me is that you touched on it a little bit. He's having to look – he has time to look at one option. And his one option isn't good enough to be a one option in the NFL. Right. If your one option is, okay, a Devontae Adams, if your one option, okay, if you were to have a tight end like a Travis Kelsey, or if you were to just any top-level wide, a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, okay, then you have a guy who can go out and he can get open and he can run routes. The Bears, number one, don't have good route runners. No. They don't have guys who can get open quickly. They have guys who they have to scheme them open. Well, the problem with that is you don't have time to scheme them open. The gl biggest glaring hole right now has to be the offensive line. Because if you look, if you take away 
All right, so you had Justin who had 88 yards rushing. You had Khalil who had 75, and David Montgomery was 67. The thing is, okay, so you take away Khalil's big 64-yard run. He only had 11 yards rushing on six carries. Right. Like, that's just not good enough. And that, like, my biggest takeaway for the – and, again, I am supportive of this rebuild – I am supportive of you. I know that is not returned. That is fine. <laughs> That's fine. I will be the bigger person right now. Yeah, I'm not. I want you to go through a rebuild. And I, then yes, correct. I, what do you mean you want us to? We're going through one right now. Well, once you get rid of Rodgers, then I'll be supportive. But the thing is, like, this offensive line, it's- like, he was sacked five times and hit probably 10 more. It I it's just and some of the now part of this is on Justin too. With you now have to take your own protection into your own hands. Hey, when you're scrambling and you can see that there's a guy running at you, do not open up your whole body and try to throw back across and open up yourself to be landed on by a 350-pound man. Throw the ball away. Throw the ball away. And live to fight another down. Because if you're opening up and just getting smacked every other snap, that we're talking a short career here right. on this one. And we're not talking a hit. Like, I still go back to, okay, the two thing for me, that's a freak injury. Like, that's not – Justin's injuries are going to be very predictable – if he continues to get hit this way. Yep. And it's I but again, at least there is a bright future with draft picks, with cap space, with hopefully the ability to attract some free agent talent. I still I hold by what I said last week that got me a whole lot of hate, but I still feel like the Bears are in a better overall position. Than the Green Bay Packers. I would agree. Just like I am now in a better overall position uh, with our picks. Just like Shakira, the picks don't lie. Uh, buddy, you had a good run. It was fun. Um, good thing for- it's on Zoom so I could sit in a comfy chair of absolute mockery of what my pick is. <laughs> the, the picks struggled for you last week. Good. But the thing is, okay, Bears one possession game, easily could have gone. And here's the thing. I am the only one who saw the Jets beating the Packers. Yeah. And like, every, again, people are like, oh, well, you're just doing that to come. Was I right or was I right? Yeah, and uh, I don't really know why I picked New Orleans to beat Cincinnati. That was kind of crazy. Um, I don't. I like the the Jacksonville pick against Indy looked good for literally fifty five minutes of that game. Yeah, and I mean nobody saw Tampa over Pittsburgh. No one saw Tampa over Pittsburgh coming. No Pittsburgh over Tampa. Pittsburgh over Tampa. Yeah, sorry. And the San Francisco Atlanta one again. Okay, 88% of America got that one wrong. So I, the picks, I think, across the board 
weren't great. Um, and now we're rolling this week. There's some tough games to pick this week. Yeah. That I'm not very comfortable with. Uh, so, again, I think it's pretty safe to say you won't be watching a lot of football this weekend. Yeah, this will probably be one of the only – this is like – you know, teams get a bye week, Josh. This is my bye this week. This is your bye week. But yeah. you still get your Bears Monday night when you get home. Yeah, I do. I get I do get to watch the Bears Monday night. Um, but I'll be watching a lot of uh the the plan is on the flight home on Monday morning. Um, I'm gonna watch a lot of highlights of the game. Catch up a little bit on everything. Catch up a little bit, see what I like, see uh just do some review. Um, and breaking news. We have locked in the first ever Christian and Josh watching NFL football together for an entire day. Yeah. We've, and isn't that crazy? We have a podcast and we've never watched NFL football together. Like what? We've watched two Super Bowls together. Yeah. I think that's it. Cause there was one in your apartment and then the one last year were the yeah. only two Super Bowl are the only two NFL games. <laughs> yeah. But we've never watched like a full slate and you haven't been over to the, to the Lemke household with the Sunday ticket. No, and that's like I'm looking forward to. Like, once you get back from Disney, we can really lock in. We can get the menu going because I'm, you know, I, I let Josh cook a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we we will have the full menu going. Oh yeah, um, because we like to do the days. We like to do the days where we are just useless, and we just. We talk an enormous amount of garbage to each other. It'll be it'll just be a great day. It, great it'll be day. a great day, and I think so. Like, we're, was it like November sixth? Is that the week we're looking? It's whatever day your little heart desires, because you know where I'll be every. Yeah, Sunday. correct. Yeah, but so I think it's like November sixth. Yeah. Um. Yes. So week nine. Packers play the Lions should be a win. My so we have the Packers and the Bears and the Colts all in the early window that day. Ooh, okay. So there's lots of early window action that day. Yeah. Um, only two three o'clock games. Really? That day. Because have you have six teams on a bye. Oh, I hate that. That, that week. So, but hey, it'll still be a day. Oh, for um, sure. It'll be fantastic. Titans and Chiefs that Sunday night. Oh, yeah. There we go. So we even have a nightcap there. Uh, so, all right, moving in. First game on the docket, dear. Uh, Thursday night. Hey, I think maybe, you know, you Jeffy Bezos might have points on a Thursday night scored in this one. Yeah, could. There's definitely a big Finally. Up. Finally. Now, I do want to bring up the last time the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, played on Thursday night football would have been the Rasul Douglas pick in the end zone. Or was that a Sunday night? No, that was Thursday night. Okay, so the Rasul Douglas pick in the back of the end zone. Uh, that kind of spurred the Packers to a great finish there. Um, I Currently, I like where Arizona's trending. I think – I think they're going to move in the right way. It's a home game. It's a cross-country trip for New Orleans. Give me Arizona. Yeah, big big thing about Arizona this weekend, Josh, is 
And for every single fantasy team I own, I picked this man even though he was suspended. DeAndre Hopkins makes his return in Arizona this week. I am going Arizona. I think Hopkins really kickstarts that offense. Um, I'm, I'm taking Murray at home. Packers and the Commanders. Um, I'm taking the Commanders. <laughs> like I, I have zero confidence uh, in the Green Bay Packers right now. None okay, whatsoever. Um, this is this is great. Um, I'm picking the Packers because last week I did the same thing and they lost. So if I got to lose one a week every week and the Packers lose, uh, I'll trade that any day of the week. Um, I think the Packers are going to easily win this football game. I said, I, I, I said, shut this up, shut up, shut um, up. I, I'm going. How green. though? How? Please tell me how. How now, brown cow? Yeah. I, yeah. Tell me. Tell I, me. Tell me. Back. Yeah, no, not happening. I'm going Taylor Hike back to back weeks. We've lost to <sighs> Taylor Heineke. Falcons and Bengals. If you lose to Taylor Heineke, fire everyone. Season's over. We just lost to Zach Wilson. Dude, he gets he gets ladies. He's yeah, that- like maybe we should put a team of hot moms out there. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, I don't know. Uh, Atlanta and Cincinnati. Um, I think that like this is a huge, huge game for the Bengals with Baltimore. I mean, here's the thing: everyone in that AFC North is right there together, and every game becomes amplified right now. Give me Joe Burrow. Give me Jamar Chase. I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals too. Again, it's also a big game for Atlanta, a team that's actually competing. In that NFC South, um, but again, I like Cincy at home. Uh, Burrow has a big game. Hopefully, again for my fantasy team, give me the Who Day Bengals. Detroit and Dallas. Um, I think Bill Belichick's defense kind of showed everyone a blueprint for how you slow down the Lions. Um, I like Dallas in this one. I think that Dallas defense. I see them doing enough, but I like this is a game where Dallas. Being seven-point favorites, I could easily see this game being a whole lot closer, especially if Cooper Rush struggles again. Um, But I don't think Detroit's defense can stop anyone. So give me them Cowboys. Josh, I was going to pick the Cowboys. Um but you pick the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys. I just don't think Detroit has enough defensively to stop them, and I just don't think their offense will be able to do much on that defense. I feel like Detroit or uh, Dallas's defense did a really nice job tightening up in that second half against Philly last week. Um, I, I like I like Dallas at home in, in this one. Crystal's Colts and Cindy's Titans. Um, listen. Between you and me, does Crystal have any like cult stuff in her classroom? Uh, she's got a mini helmet here at home. I think she's got, she might have a Colts towel somewhere. Okay. If the Colts beat the Titans, should we go put it in Cindy's classroom? I think that has to happen. Oh, man. That's, that's like, ugh. 
That's biscuit for the biscuit. I think that this is a Colts coming off of a big win at home. Take that nice little road trip down 65. I mean, Matt Ryan is playing some football, man. Yeah. Um, give me the Colts. I think a big storyline in this game is if Jonathan Taylor's back. That Colts offense is in dire need of an offensive run threat. Um, they're one-dimensional without him. Their, their run game has not been what it was with him, obviously. Um, so for that reason, I'm picking Cindy's Titans. Even if he's banged up a little bit, not 100%. Um, Tennessee at home. Uh, I just honestly think watching – Jacksonville carve up Indianapolis defense on the run last week is Tennessee's blueprint for winning this football game. Give the ball to the King, let him run, let him bring you a victory. I'm going with Cindy's Titans. Can you imagine if Tampa loses to the Panthers? If they do, I, I will, I'm going to tell you there might be something occurring in Tampa Bay. I don't think they will. I'm, I'm taking Tampa to win. But imagine, imagine a world for me for just a second where we get together next Wednesday to do the pod. And it is a world where Aaron Rodgers just lost to the Taylor Heineke-led Washington Commanders and Tom Brady just lost to Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. Could happen. It could. I mean, I'm just – I'm. Imagine that world. Uh, I'm taking Tampa, though. I don't think it happens. I think Tampa bounces back. Offense has a big week. Uh, let uh, Christian McCaffrey have a big week, too. But anyway, uh, give me Tampa Bay. And what, I, to me, this is the most surprising line of the week. Jacksonville being three-point favorites over the Giants. Like, this line is... I don't understand this. Vegas knows. Unlike Vegas, well, Vegas was just smack wrong with the Packers and Commanders. Or Packers and Jets. Smack wrong. And I think they're smack wrong on this one. Defense travels to the Giants. Defense is next level. I get Jacksonville's playing better, but if you can't beat the Colts, I don't think you can beat the Giants. Give me the Giants. Yeah, I'm going Giants too. Um, I, I, again, I just think this team's not getting very much love, uh, Josh, at the beginning of the season, if we were to go through every week and ship a game to London, this might've been our game to ship to London before that anymore, but not anymore. Now, all of a sudden this is a battle of first of teams fighting for a first place uh, spot in their division. Um, wow. Yep. This is all of a sudden a big game. So give me the giants. So the G men. Uh, brownies go into Baltimore, man, the, the, somebody send a lifeline to Cleveland, uh, three straight losses for the Browns. They looked abysmal against the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, I don't see this getting any better having to go on the road to Baltimore. Give me the Ravens. Yeah. Give me the Ravens as well. Um, it, it kind of looks like Cleveland's playing a little stiff and uh, they might need to go get a massage. Uh, they might have somebody that knows someone that could get them a massage. Speaking of, did you hear that there was another woman yeah. who added her name? Like, 
Oh boy. Yeah. It's it just, it's just not. This is the game that never ends. <laughs> uh, Jets and De- Denver. Um, is Russ in fact cooking? Okay, and here's here's the frustrating part. So last night there were stretches where I'm like, "That's the old Russ." Is he back? But then there were also stretches where you're like, "He's not back." Yeah, and like you look at the line. 15 of 28, 188 yards, and a touchdown. Um, just not good enough. And for that first quarter, really, you're like, they're back. And then you're like, they're not back. back. Give me the Jets. Yeah, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm taking them. I don't think Russell's playing well. Um, unpopular opinion, I think Nathaniel Hackett's one and done as the head coach in Denver. I think he gets fired. I don't think he's the right fit. I think he was just a simple ploy in trying to lure in Aaron Rodgers to Denver, and it didn't work. And now they're realizing he is he's nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Well, and that I'm glad you said that because I think what you're seeing with him and also with Getsy a little bit in Chicago is how much Aaron Rodgers in the past could cover up mediocre play calling. Right. And I think not just Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, you go back even further, Jordy Nelson, all those guys. I mean, um, Christian, this next game is the one that I am going to ship yeah, to London. I Texans and Vegas. Dog water of a football game. Uh, I Houston's the worst team in the NFL. Period. Um, give me Vegas. Yeah, it could be the Raiders, and they're they're not very good either. But uh, they put up a good fight on uh, Monday night last week against um, the Chiefs, and but the problem is they've kind of had to mull over that loss now, and yep. that that's gonna that's gonna hurt this team. But I think they bounce back at home against Houston this week. Uh, the highest over-under of the week uh, here in L.A. Seahawks and Chargers, your current over-under, 51. Your current line, minus 6.5 for the Chargers. Um, they're predicting a lot of points to be scored in this one. Uh, kind of an insult to that what was supposed to be vaunted Charger defense. Um, I like the Chargers in this one. Folks, let me tell you, don't let the Chargers get hot. If they win this one, they're – I mean, they'll be sitting at five and two. Uh, and right in the middle of that – I mean, they're tied for first right now in the AFC West. Yep. So don't let the Chargers get hot, and I'm going to take the Chargers here over the Seahawks. Yep, I, I like the Chargers too. Um, I, I – I'm sitting here when Keenan Allen gets healthy, this football team's going to really get going. If they can get Bosa back, they're going to get going. Uh, give me the Chargers. Uh, Kansas City at San Francisco. Um, th- that performance from San Francisco on Sunday really has me worried. Um, and now you turn around, play a Kansas City team that's going to be out for blood. Give me Kansas City. Upset of the week, San Francisco over KC at home. Um uh, this is a game that I just feel like is a bounce back game for San Francisco at home. 
Uh, Kansas City with that heartbreaking loss at Buffalo has to turn around, go to San Francisco, and I, I'm just I feel a San Francisco upset here. So give me the Niners. Steelers and Charles's Fins. Um, give me Miami on this one. I mean, I anyone who goes to Miami is at a massive disadvantage because you have to go to Miami. Give me the Fins. I'm taking the Mitch Trubisky Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I just think that that was a big win for them against Tampa. I think they really carry that momentum into Sunday night, which this, what an awful by Sunday night game. Correct. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going Pittsburgh. Will the Bears score a touchdown on Sunday or on Monday night? Yes. Yes. I have honest questions on if they will or not. Um, what Bill Belichick is going to do to Justin Fields might set the Chicago Bears back decades. Um, give me the Patriots by a billion. This line is not big enough. I'm picking the Bears. No, you're not. But yeah, they're just going to come out. They're going to play good football. Um, Fields is going to have a game. The defense is going to fly around. You're going to see a, a zappy let down. I'm going Bears on the road in New England. Really get the game uh, won in the second half. Uh, I just I'm I'm go I'm rolling with my team, Josh. I I hate Bill Belichick. I hate everything he stands for. I hate the evil empire. They're playing great, but you know what? What about a letdown at home? That'd be great. Bear down. Yeah, why not? Okay. I really applaud, uh, baby. Yeah, my goodness. Um, locks of the week for me. I really like the Jets. I they're getting three points. I think they went outright. Give me the Jets for my lock of the week this week. Yeah, my lock of the week is the Green Bay Packers. Uh <laughs> And, and it's honestly, it's not just because it didn't work last week. It's because they're playing Taylor Heineke in Washington. I just think that they bounce back. I, they're not losing two in a row. They're not going to do the a Jets loss and follow it up with a Commanders loss. It ain't happening. I'm Packers by ten. I hope your plane runs out of pretzels. <laughs> Okay, like that's what I hope. Of you, right? I don't care because it's going to be six thirty in the morning. I don't think I'm really going to be in the mood for a pretzel at that time. Whatever. Well, folks, that is week seven. I Christian's a jerk, but he's going to Disney, so he doesn't care. Um, and with that, enjoy the football, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>